Show me your face. Come fill this space. My world needs you right now. My world needs you. You can go ahead and take a seat. Is that not the reality that my world needs you? Don't you need somebody to see you? Don't you need somebody to heal your broken heart? Don't you need somebody to encourage you, to build you up, to lift you when you've fallen? Don't you need someone who just understands, who can reconcile, who can bring peace to a broken world? That is our reality. That is our reality. My world needs Jesus. And though my heart feels those things, and grieves, and hurts, and I see the pain in this broken world. You don't have to look very far to see brokenness and pain. And though I I experience that with you, I can honestly say my heart is overflowing with joy as I look out at all of you. And that's The world we walk, right? We can rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. I can recognize the brokenness but still be overjoyed to be right here with each of you. I'm so glad you're here tonight. And like I said earlier, I don't know what you're bringing in. I don't know what you had to let go. I didn't know what was on your mind when you took those deep breaths. You may not even know what you need or why you're here. But I do know that God is going to meet us. And you may be doubting. You may be fearful. But I know that God is going to meet us. So with that, I want to pray. Lord, you are the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth who brings out the stars by number. Lord, you hold it all together. You created us. You know us. You see us. You know what's on our mind in this very moment. And Lord, all I ask is that you meet us, that you grab hold of our heart, you grab hold of our mind, you settle it in this moment. And then please, Lord, open, open our minds, open our hearts to what you have for us tonight, Lord. Please be near. Make yourself known 
draw us close. And may each one of these ladies present in this room not hear my voice, not hear the voice of the singers, but hear your voice. We ask this in your name. Amen. Welcome to the river. Do y'all know it's called the river? Some of you are like, why in the world is it called the river? We're not meeting at the river, even though St. Joe is like right down the corner, which honestly, if I had it my way, and if there was way less of you, but praise the Lord that there's so many of you, we'd be at the river right now. But welcome to the river. There is a reason why it's called that. Some of you are anxious to hear that reason. You're like on the, some of you don't really care. So those of you who don't care, that's good because you're going to be patient a little bit. But welcome to the river. There is a reason why it's called that. And we hope to gather a couple more times this year. And it's, guess what? It's going to be called the river. And we going to find ourselves in one area of scripture every time couple times. And I'm so excited to share what that is. But what I want to do, okay, Orlando, is there a slide of the river? It's gonna, he's going to bring it up for me. Okay, where do you think that is? Oh, it says it at the top. Man, St. Joe River. These are pictures. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, that screen says it. Oh, man. Okay, these are real pictures I took off of following South Bend. This is the river that's right in our town. Not every town has a river, but we have one, and we can picture it. We can see it. We can drive there tonight if you want to. St. Joe River, and this is, man, beautiful pictures that have been captured by this river. But here's the reality. Even if I was sharing this with a group of ladies in the middle of the desert, it'd still be called the river. Because there's something so much more profound than just talking about a river that's down the street from us. And so what I want you to do, in your purple folders, we're going to keep you on your toes a little bit tonight. You are going to find a blank piece of paper. And I want you, you're going to be a little creative or not so much, if, and you'll have a pen. So here, let me grab, let me grab a colored pen. You could grab a colored pencil off your table. You can grab a pen, whatever you want to grab. I'm going to grab a darker color here. I didn't get to make my river. You're going to make a river. And some of you that are, like, not creative are like, oh, I'm freaking out right now. I don't know. What do you, how do you even draw a river? Let me show you my river. Okay? Here's my river. Now draw a river. Can you see that? There's my river. Draw a river on that blank sheet of paper for me. Okay? Go ahead and draw that river. Now, some of you who are a little bit been gifted in the realm of art. It may look a little different than my beautiful creation. <clears throat> okay, so what I want you to do now is I want you to think about, and you can share it amongst your table, you can write it on this river, what do you find at the river? What's at the river? What do you see? What, what do you see? Oh, come on, there are more things than just water, okay? Look, let's hear some inspiration, okay? So go ahead, 
What do you see at the river? Go ahead, work in your tables, write some things, share it at your table. Some of you had your hand up. You can share it with your table. I wish you all could stand up here and watch yourselves. This is hilarious. Keep going, keep going. Here are some key words. Maybe you find life at the river. What could maybe be living at the river? bring it back now. Some of y'all were really staring hard at these pictures up here for like the right answer. Like what is at the river? Okay, what is at the river? Yeah, there's a hand. What's at the river, girl? What? Stones. Stones at the river. Holy water. All right. Not just water. We got some holy water up in the house. Isabel. Fish, living things, thank you, Gabrielle. Plants, good, Kaziah, I see you. Turtles, good, yes, Aaliyah, hmm, say it loud. Trees, trees, Ruth. Goose poop is at the river. <laughs> yes, frogs. Frogs, Hootie. Clams, yeah. Cranes, good. A reflection, good. So there are living things at the river. When you look at these pictures of the river, how do you describe the river? Peaceful, stillness, calmness. What was in the back? Huh? Vibrant, powerful. What else? Harmony, beauty. Anything else? Boundaries. Ooh, deep. <laughs> what about rest? Peace. What is it? 
What? Peace. Sorry, Aaliyah. Peace. Peace at the river. So we find, oh, okay, yes, Anne, girl. God, oh, you find God at the river. Yes, girl. We got some spiritual ones up in here. Oh, Gabrielle, go ahead. What is it? Grace. Oh, grace. Oh, we're moving down the spirit. I love it. So the river. Lots of things that we find at the river. I think of life. Life's at the river, right? Whole communities were built around rivers. Oh, Sarah, did you say that? I see you. Civilization. Civilization. Rivers have a purpose, right? Ancient rocks. So civilizations are built around a water because it's different from seawater, right? Can you drink water from a river if you wanted to? Maybe not the St. Joe River. <laughs> so let's pretend we're not talking about that, okay? Good. So now you got the picture of the river, and you're still like, why the river? Why is it called the river? We're going to the river. We're going to come back to this little exercise, but I am going to share with you that we are going to embark on a journey with two people that are going to the river. And we're going to embark on a journey, and we're going to dig into this journey, and we're going to look at this journey together tonight and the next two times we gather. So if you're like, I need to hear more, there is so much more in this, come to our next gathering, and then come to the next one. But we're going to dig in, and where are we going to find this story of two people that go to the river? Any guesses for my spiritual young ladies in the room? What is this? The Bible. Gabrielle, the Bible. We're going to the Bible. That's where we're going to find two people that we are going to follow to the river and see what the Lord has to say to us as we do that. But before we do that, I think it's important, and I think we all need this, to recognize and to be reminded, what is this Bible? Written over thousands of years, a lot of different stories. Some of you are like, yeah, I remember Noah's Ark, Abraham maybe in the Bible, maybe this, right? This is the Word of God. And this is living and active. And these pages of scripture, lots of stories. You all could name a lot of different stories, even if you just heard them on a commercial or whatnot. Lots of stories, but here's the thing. One story. Did you know that? There is one, just one. Say it with me. One. Say it again. One. There is one theme, did you know that, that runs through all of Scripture, from the beginning all the way to the end, that brings all of these different stories that you've heard of together. And I'm going to tell you, if you're like, what's the one story? I don't get it, because there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in some of these pages. What is that one story? I'm going to tell you. It's God of the universe the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, is God calling his people, saving his people, 
bringing his people back to himself. That's it. That's what this entire scripture is about. One story. I wish we could all be, I said this a couple times, I already said I wish we could be in the St. Joe River. There's a lot of places apparently I wish we could be. But one of the places I wish we could be right now, if we could imagine this for a second, is wide open country. Lonnie and Grandma Debbie say amen. Y'all know what, what? (laughs) the country. I wish right now that we could go to the country away from the city lights on a clear night where there are thousands of stars and it's dark. The only light is the moon and the stars. And I wish we could go there and lay on top of my car, or if you all prefer picnic style, put a blanket down. But I wish we could all go there and close your eyes for, with me for a minute. I wish we could be there and look up. And look up at the sky to marvel at how big it is. There's no lights. There's stillness. The light of the moon and more stars than you've probably ever seen. And to stare up and to be in awe. You can open your eyes if you want. That happened to me many times when I was younger, before I knew who God was. And I would look up at the sky, and I would be struck with fear and amazement. And I'd look up, and I'd look around, and I'd be like, I don't get it. It's so big, and I'm so small. I don't get it. It's so beautiful. Someone, something had to create this. And I wish in this moment we could have that, where we could marvel and to say the God of the universe who holds the world in his hands. The Bible tells us that he holds the expanse, that he gathers the grains of the sand He puts mountains on scales. This God, this big God. I am thankful that the Lord opened my eyes and brought me from staring at the sky in fear of what is this? What is my place in this world? To now saying it is the one true God, our everlasting King. And he is the God who wrote, by using people, this word of God that we hold in our hands. That's a lot of context before we jump into where we are, but I think it's important. I think it's important, ladies, to not take for granted that we have this word and that there is power and that the God of the universe has given us his word. Because when I stared up at the sky, I asked a lot of questions. And I said, I don't understand. I wasn't praying because I didn't know God. But I was asking a lot of questions. What? This is so big. Where did this come from? And I got to go. The Lord brought people in my life, but also brought the word to tell us who God is. So this God who's so big, we need to be humbled by that reality. Gave us the word so that we can know him. 
And that's where we're going tonight. In your folder, we're going to plant ourselves in Acts chapter 16. You actually have the scripture printed out in your folder. You can feel free to turn in your Bibles, but I do want you to find that scripture because we are going to do some things with it. So grab a pen, grab a colored pencil, and get ready to dive in. Acts. Acts 16. Acts is in the New Testament. The Bible is divided into two parts. The Old Testament and the New Testament. Acts is found in the New, so it's the, towards the back of your Bible. And the Bible, as we know, is telling one theme of how the Lord brings his people back to himself. And as you read the Bible, and as you spend some time in there, you see this common theme, this rhythm of what happens over and over and over and over again. And this is what we see. And this is what we see in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is before God sent somebody. The New Testament is after. The Old Testament before, we see a group of people that have met with God, that have seen God, that have tasted God's goodness. And God has provided for them and cares for them and protects them and leads them and fills them. He said, he's, those are his people. And he says, this is what you do. Follow me. And then what happens? The people are like, ah, I got my own thing going on. They forget and they start following in their own ways and they start doing their own things and they start worshiping other things. They start wanting more. They start complaining and grumbling. And then they fall. They get to a place of desperation. And then they're like, oh, wait, I need something more. Lord, help us. Then they go back to the Lord. And they say, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. What does God do? He has compassion on them. And he says, okay, I forgive you. Come back in to my presence. Let me be with you. Let me walk with you. This is how you walk with me. Follow me. Let me provide for you. Let me take care of you. And then what do the people do? For a little bit, they're like, great, thank you for bringing us back. And then they start walking in their own way. They start doing their own thing. They start forgetting what the Lord has done for them. They start worshiping other things. What do they do? They fall in desperation. They're, they're broken again. And they're like, what has happened? Lord, we need you. So then they go back to God. And God, what does he do? Enough of you. No. He has compassion on them. And he says, okay, come on. Come on back. This keeps going. I could say that over and over and over and over again like a broken record. That is what happens in scripture. We as humans, we just keep going our own way. And God in his compassion keeps saying, come on. Come on. And as you read the Old Testament, you can hear, you can hear the cries of the people. The cries of the people saying, God, we want your protection. We want your blessings. We want all of this, but I can't do it on my own. Help me. You can hear the cries because they keep making mistakes. They keep falling. They keep forgetting. You can hear the cries of the Old Testament. And then, through the dark, lonely pages of Scripture, woven throughout all of it, you hear this whisper. 
you read this whisper. I hear you. I'm going to send someone. I promise to care for you. I will save you. I will make a way. And that's the New Testament. God makes a way. And he sends Jesus to make that way. And so as we enter, and you're like, Manny, this is so much context. Just get to what we're doing. Just hear me out. We have to understand where Acts is found in the scripture. We have to understand what is this Holy Bible that we're reading. We have to understand that Acts came after Jesus was sent. Came after Jesus died on a cross. Came after Jesus was raised from the grave. Came after the Holy Spirit, Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. After all those things happen, we find ourselves in Acts. So turn your page to that in your folder or Acts 16. We are going to, like I said, follow a journey of two people to the river. And I'm going to welcome you or invite you rather into my little study of the Bible. And I hope that what you learn here and some of the things that we do, you can take with you as you leave. So if you have a pen or a colored pencil, we're going to make some marks on Acts chapter 16. So you can do it in your Bible or you can do it in the folder. But we find ourselves in Acts, and this is where we're going to plant ourselves for a little bit. We are going to map and look at these locations. The Bible is real. I wish when I was younger somebody would have told me these were real places. That Caesar that I read in the Bible is actually the Caesar I studied in school. <laughs> Whoa, some of y'all minds blown. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but these are real places. So Acts chapter 16, verse 6. As I read, I want you to underline with a certain color or a pen, locations, a place. That's what you're underlining for me as we read. All right? And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Locations. Having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. We're going to stop right there. You should have underlined or circled Phrygia, Galatia, Asia, Bithynia, Mysia, Macedonia, Troas. You get them all? That's a lot of locations. Flip the page. You will find a map. You're going to do a little work here. You're going to do a little work. You're going to start at that first location. Find it on the map. Where are we? These are real places. These are real people. This is Paul. He used to be called Saul. He met Jesus, and he couldn't help but to tell the world. And now he is journeying all over 
to tell people about Jesus. And this is the journey that he goes on. Find the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Did you find it? You see where Asia is? You see where he's going? The map kind of helps you a little bit. It draws a line right through these areas because it's showing you Paul's journey. And then they came to Mysia. Find those places. Y'all find them? Okay. Find Asia. Asia is that big land mass. You see Asia? That's where those places are. So Paul starts in Antioch, and he says, I have seen Jesus, and I'm telling the world. Let's go to Asia. What does he want to do? He wants to speak the word in Asia. He wants to go through that region of Phrygia and Galatia. What happens? Take another color and look at verse 6 for me. What happens in verse 6? Does he speak the word of truth in Asia? Does he speak the word of truth in Asia? No. Say no with me. No. He wanted to. That was his plan. He was going circle, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they attempted to come to Mysia, I'm in verse 7, in Bithynia, did he wanted to go there. He wanted to tell the people about Jesus. He had been changed. Did he speak the word there? Say it confidently. No. Circle, why not? The spirit of Jesus did not allow him. Paul is wanting to go through Asia. He is wanting to tell people about Jesus. You found it on the map, that big land. Where does he end up? He's in Troas. Find Troas on the map. You found it? Okay, it's in the corner of Asia on the west side. Left, for those of you who don't know, west. Found Troas? Okay, he's right at the water. This is what happens to Paul. He wants to go to Asia. He wants to tell people in Asia. That's what he's, he's going through all those areas, right? What happens? A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Find Macedonia. It's across the water. Is it in Asia? No. Say it loud. Is it in Asia? No. no. This was not Paul's plan. But God gave him a vision and said, go to Macedonia. What did Paul conclude? Paul said, oh, Asia. Okay, I'm not going to proclaim the word to Asia. I'm going to go to Macedonia. Clearly, the Macedonians need to hear my message. Y'all tracking with me? Just give me a little nod if you are. Okay. And then he travels by sea. These are real places. So verse 11. So setting sail. So he got in a boat. Now he's leaving the land he thought he was going to. He got in a boat and he's going from Troas and made a direct voyage to Samothrace. That's a little island on your map. He's traveling to Macedonia. The following day to Neapolis. And from there 
to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. I want you to look at your map. I know you're flipping back and forth, and it's going to be all brought together. I promise, so just stick with me, and I know it's getting late. Macedonia. Find what city did he land in? Philippi. Find Philippi. Find Philippi for me. Thank you. If you got it, say got it. Got it. it. Okay. We remained in this city some days. Philippi is in Macedonia. So Paul's like, all right, I saw a vision. I'm going to Macedonia. That's clearly, he says he concluded that that's what he was supposed to do. So now he's in Philippi. And on the Sabbath day, we're in verse 13. Here we go. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside. Here's the river. We made it. But we're not done. There's so much more. Paul went to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. (laughs) one who heard us was a woman named say her name loud please Lydia yes from the city of Thyatira a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us, meaning she persuaded them. Two people went to the river. First person, Paul. Second person also went to a river. What was her name? Her name is Lydia, and she went to the river. Here's the cool thing. They went, here's my one point, one sentence for the rest of the night. This is what I want you to remember. Come to the river as you are. Say it with me. Come to the river as you are and be met with more than you could imagine. Be met with more than you could imagine. Paul went to the river. This is why, y'all. When Paul traveled and wanted to tell people about Jesus, he went into the synagogue, place of worship for Jews. He went there, and he would tell them the truth about Jesus. That's what he did. When he went to Philippi, he wanted to go to a synagogue. That's what he did, right? There was no synagogue. And this is on what day of the week? Sabbath. That's what you do. On Sabbath, you go to the synagogue. Paul was in Philippi, saw the vision, got to share it with the Macedonians. I'm going to a synagogue. But there was none. Because in order to have a synagogue in a city, you had to have 10 men present. And there wasn't. (laughs) 
And so what would happen is that if that wasn't, if there wasn't a synagogue, an organized place of worship, then a group of people would go outside the city gate and they would worship and pray. Paul knew that. He was in Philippi and said, okay, ordinary day, it's Sabbath, got to go to the synagogue, no synagogue, going outside the city gate to the river. Because if you look, it says in verse 13, where we supposed there was a place of prayer and we sat down. He supposed there was a place of prayer. Did he suppose there was a place of women? (laughs) Did he suppose there was a place of women? No, not necessarily. Did he know Lydia was going to be there? No. That's our first person that we're traveling, that we're following on a journey to the river. That was Paul. Second person, Lydia. Why'd she go to the river? Similar reasons as Paul. It was Sabbath. She was a God-fearing woman. She wanted to pray. She went to the river outside of the city gates. Come as you are, ordinary. I'm doing what I'm doing. This is what you do. She was a moral woman. She was a hardworking woman. And we're going to dig into what she is, seller of purple. Ah, come back next time. This is just the beginning. She just went to the river as she was. That's what she did. What happens? The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul said. She didn't know Paul was going to be there. Paul didn't know Lydia was going to be there. They were coming as they are. Opened her heart to pay attention. And it says, after she was baptized, her whole household was baptized. Come next time. It says this. If you have judged me faithful to the Lord. She was a believer of the Lord after the Lord opened her heart. Her eyes were open after being at the river. So come as you are, but be met with more than you could imagine. Let me just share something with you now. This is so exciting, and this is why I took you on this whole map exercise. Where was Lydia from? It's a hard word. Thyatira. Thyatira. Please find Thyatira on the map. If you're wooing, you found it. Where is Thyatira? Asia. How often have we read our Bibles right past these names? Right past these locations? Ladies, we need to do the work. It was in Asia. You see the conclusion. 
The Lord had a plan. That was not Paul's plan. But the Lord said, I am forbidding you. That is a strong word. God just didn't say no. He forbid. He said, you are forbidden to speak the gospel in Asia. Why? Because Lydia was going to be waiting at the river. And the Lord saw Lydia, not only wanted to save Lydia and open her heart, he wanted to use Lydia for greater things than she could ever imagine. Her home country. And we're going to follow it. Ladies, you've got to keep coming back. Because there are seven churches listed in Revelation. Do you know what one of those churches is? Thyatira! Ladies, the Lord sees you. And yeah, it was a culture where 12 men had to be present. And there were women there. And they were outside the city gates. The Lord sees you. They came as they were. Come as you are. Wherever you are, come as you are. But know that you will be met with more than you can imagine. The river that I had you draw and those things that we find at the river, I think about it as there are times when I, I'm like, the, the river is calling me. I really do say that to my children sometimes. Nature is calling me. Beauty is calling me. Yellow leaves are calling me. Things of beauty are calling me, calling my soul. I want to go to the river. I'm thirsty. I want to drink from the river. I'm overwhelmed. I want to go to the river. And I want to be put my soul at rest. I'm tired. I want to go to the river and just sit and be strengthened. We go to the river and we experience beauty. We can experience life-giving things in this world. But the Lord has so much more. So much more. That while we were still sinners, Christ died. <sighs> I run to the river often, searching for things, searching for answers, searching for rest, searching for peace. And Jesus is saying, let me give you so much more. Let me give you so much more than when you think you're going to find. 
You want purpose? You want a full life? Jesus says, trust in me. I will give you everlasting life. You want strength and stamina for the next day? Jesus says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. You want rest for your weary soul? Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus is what we receive at the river. And it is more than we could ever ask or imagine. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the life. And no one comes to the Father, the God of the universe, except through me. That whisper that you see through all of Scripture, that small voice crying out saying, please help us, please save us, please see me. Christ says, I see you. God says, I see you, and I'm giving you Jesus. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart, and I will save you. Find rest for our souls in Jesus. Find strength in Jesus. Come to the river. As you are, say it with me, come to the river. As you are. And be met with more than you could imagine. As we go out, ladies, we're going to transition into the of worship again. And I want you to do whatever you need to do. I want you to stand, to sit, to pray, to ask somebody at your table for prayer. Whatever you need to do, we're coming as we are in this moment. So come as you are. But the God of the universe, the God who can map out all those locations and bring to light his majesty, that Thyatira was always in the plan. May you know that he sees you and he wants to meet you. And you can be honest right where you are. So in this place of worship, worship with all your heart. In this place, if you need to ask questions, if you're doubting, whatever, just be. Come as you are and let us worship the King.